Good morning, everyone. I hope that today's uh, contribution will not be confusing, but rather a confirmation and an encouragement with regard to our Bibles, the Holy Scriptures. We're in Psalm, chapter, Psalm 2, and verses 6 to 8 says, God says about his son, I have set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. So many people have attempted, unsuccessfully of course, to discredit and deny the validity and truth of God's holy word, the Bible. I would like to turn your attention again today to this comforting and faith-confirming truth concerning the absolute reliability of Holy Scripture, and in particular to the coming in glory of God's appointed heir of all things, his own beloved Son. Remember what Hebrews chapter 11 says, God's Son, who he has appointed heir of all things. But I'd also like to explain what I began to speak about from the prophecy of Daniel regarding the 70 weeks of years that began from the command of King Artaxerxes to rebuild the city of Jerusalem. This is taken, of course, from Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5. I'm told by one who meticulously worked it out that the end of the 69th week of years was the day, the very day, the Lord Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, the day we call Palm Sunday. Here's a summary of what a Scotland Yard police inspector wrote in 1894. Uh, the book is called, if you, want to look, if you want to find it, and you can get it online, The Coming Prince, written by Sir Robert Anderson, provides the timing of God's dealings with Israel during the final 490-year period. The period began, as I've said, with the issuing of a decree in 445 BC by Artaxerxes to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. And uh, here's an extract from his book. The date, on what, the, the date of what we call Palm Sunday, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem, was Sunday the 6th of April, AD 32. What then was the length of period intervening between the issuing of the decree to rebuild Jerusalem and the public advent of Messiah the Prince, between the 14th of March, BC 445, and the 6th of April, AD 332? Sorry, AD 32. The interval contained exactly to the very day, 173,880 days, or seven times 69 prophetic years of 360 days, because the calendar year was 360 days in those uh, at that time. <coughs> Excuse me. The first 69 weeks of Daniel's prophecy. How in, well, it's not incredible because the word of God is true. But it's incredible <coughs> in the view of those that don't understand and appreciate that. So here's the account from Matthew chapter 21. When they, the Lord and his disciples, drew near unto Jerusalem and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, 
and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me. And if any man say anything unto you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king comes unto you, meek, and sitting upon an ass, and a colt, the foal of an ass. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, and cut down, and others cut down branches from the trees, and strawed them in the way. And the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. The the prophecy that we referred to in the book of Daniel tells us that at the end of the 69th week of years, Messiah shall be cut off. That happened, of course, just a few days after this event on Calvary, when the king, who was hailed and lauded as he rode into Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, just those few days after, was rejected and crucified. We noted last last time what the people said, when Pilate, the Roman governor, said unto the Jews, Behold your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The the chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. Then delivered he him therefore unto them to be crucified, and they took Jesus and led him away. But Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross, and the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. So it's quite evident that the reason why there is such a clear division between the 69 weeks and the 70th week, is that the clock of prophecy was, at the act of rejection of God's king, it was put on hold. There is undoubtedly an undefined period of time between the 69th and 70th week of this prophecy. This isn't conjecture, it's clear from the text of the prophecy that the 70 weeks of years, 490 years, are made up of 7 plus 62, which equals 69, plus 1. The first seven weeks, or 49 years, are recorded for us in the book of Nehemiah, when the people, having returned from Babylon, rebuilt the city of Jerusalem in times of trouble, as the prophecy says. Then the 62 weeks of years take place, 434 years, which brings us to the very day when the king was offered to the nation and was rejected by them. It was at this time that Jesus lamented over the city and said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that were sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chicks under her wings, and ye would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate, For I say unto you, you shall not see me henceforth, till you shall say, Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. It's very clear that the final week of years, the seven years, is set aside for a specific purpose and is separated from the 69 weeks and is yet to be enacted and to be fulfilled. After that rejection of Israel's Messiah and his crucifixion, Dreadful things, as described in that prophecy, have taken place. 
This is what that scripture says, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. This came to a a climax, of course, at that time in AD 70, when the Romans razed the city Jerusalem to the ground, destroying the temple and crucifying the the inhabitants. I'm told that they, they could hardly find enough wood to make crosses. And as we know, the misery has ensued, and to a large extent still does. Even though Israel was re-established in her own land and became a state in 1948, there is still no enjoyment of peace in that city. The Lord Jesus foretells this in Luke chapter 21. Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. The nation at the moment is certainly not the head of the nations, but scripture promises the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail, and you shall be above only, and thou shalt not be underneath. Before any of this becomes a reality, there's going to be what Scripture calls the time of Jacob's trouble. Scripture says this, Alas, for that day is great, and so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, when he shall be saved out of it. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord of hosts, that I will break his yoke from off thy neck, and will burst thy thy bonds, and the strangers shall no more serve themselves of him. But they shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. This coming king is, of course, great David's greater son, the Lord Jesus. That time of trouble which concludes with the raising up of the rightful king is the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. That prophecy goes on to say, Then he, the man of sin, of course, the beast, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, the 70th week of years. But in the middle of the week, he shall shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolator. So when we come to Matthew 24, the Lord Jesus speaks of two parts of that period of seven years. The beginning of sorrows, which is the first three and a half years, and then, of course, there's this breaking of the covenant, and then tribulation the great, which is the final three and a half years. The covenant, as I say, has been broken, and what the Lord Jesus speaks of takes place. When you will see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. At the end of that period, as we've seen before, the heathen will rage. The people will imagine a vain thing, as our, as our psalm says. The kings of the earth will set themselves, and the rulers will take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Then, what a wonderful then this is, in power and great glory, the Lord Jesus will return to the earth, to deal with his enemies, to sit upon the throne of his father David, and to reign in his millennial kingdom over all the earth. How absolutely perfect is God's plan of the ages. How thrilling it is to know that God's purpose cannot and will not be frustrated. He will set his king upon his holy hill 
of Zion. The crown of thorns in that day will give place to the many crowns and diadems. The reed will give place to a royal scepter and a rod of universal rule. The Golgotha cross will give place to the glorious throne. The meekness will give place to majesty. The vinegar for agony will give place to the wine of joy, etc., etc. God willing, we'll return next time to think of what happens in that intervening period between the end of the 69th and the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. In other words, the last 2,000 years-ish. God bless his word today. today. I hope this hasn't confused anybody, but reassured you that our Bibles are absolute truth and we can totally rely upon them. God bless his word to you.